0: And I'll be damned if I don't bust my ass Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every single week, so you can hang out on the today show. Then jump on his big old bus. And hell, maybe I'll come to a WWE show if they paid me enough. But what are you really gonna do, John? What are you gonna do, huh? You're gonna jump off that bus with that big shovel. That's what you're gonna do, and you're gonna bury as much young talent as you can. But the thing is, the reason why you don't like me, what irritates you about me, you can't bury me, John. You! walked down here and use the same pathetic excuse that every other single person before you has done. You, with all your gifts and all your opportunities, you have the gall to blame me. I was honored and privileged to earn the United States title at this stage in my career and use it as a beacon of opportunity to introduce new superstars to the WWE like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. You took the US title as a demotion. And you stand there and blame me. Fine, I blame you. I'm still here because you can't do your job. And over the years, there's been a few to step up, but nobody to ever keep up. And then I finally hear about this one guy, the guy, the Roman Reigns, the one that can keep up. now I look at you, and I listen to you, You should be ashamed of a part-timer, because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast, another wrestling podcast. It's called... I don't remember what, what is it, the show's yeah, called. What is, is the show called? Again? Top Men. Oh, it's been a while since we've done this. Yeah. I think it's called Top Marks. Top Marks! In it's fact, it. it's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks, yeah, well. hosted by, of course, the Top Guys. Justin Morissette with you, and with me, as always, is the accountant.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm the accountant now, <laughs> the janitor no longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm having some identity crisis issues. Would you like this to be the switch? janitor again? Hang on, so what we're describing here is the difference between the catchphrases, Yes. and as the janitor you gave me... Take out the trash. And as the accountant... Crunch the numbers. Those are both super strong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with the janitor. My name is Joshua Custodio, I'm the janitor, Custodio, Custodian, and I'm cleaning up the competition.
1: All right, there we go. We're back with uh, vengeance. Sorry, folks, that we had no show last week. I went on vacation. What an asshole boo. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Here on this program, unlike in the WWE, we actually recognize holidays and decide not to do shows during them. Can I
2: tell you I have no sympathy for them having to work on Christmas? Christmas Day
1: is fucked though. Like, I don't think so. Okay, New Year's Day I don't care. New Year's Day, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. If you want to do it like that shouldn't count as a holiday. I know technically it's a stat. Yeah, you're
2: just hungover. Yeah.
1: Like New Year's Eve is the night to be with people. And even that I never, I never I am like, I can't wait to see all my family on New Year's Day. <laughs> now I might be wrong. If that's what you do, write into the show, write at me, at Justin Morris on Twitter, tell me that New Year's Day is an extremely important time for you to spend with family. Personally, I think that's crazy.
2: Yeah, if that's true, you're a loser. Yeah,
1: but Christmas Day, obviously, like... Come on.
2: I've had to work on Christmas
1: And I guess like the NBA has games on Christmas, but that's kind of why the NBA does it, is because they're the only show in town. Nobody else is willing to do that, Uh, because it's stupid. You shouldn't... Like, even expecting a crowd to come out for the shows, unless they're expecting an entire crowd of Jewish and Chinese people... (laughs) Wow, racist, Jasdip. Hey, that's... The Chinese love Christmas. Yeah, because they make a ton of money at their restaurants as being the only place open and it's mostly (laughs) Jewish people going to eat there. (laughs) Look, this is empirical facts. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's nothing racist about what I'm saying. It's very true. I just like calling you a racist on this show. So they should, I guess, have their Christmas... Raw in like San Francisco. I don't know where there's a big Chinese. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why not China? <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. ho
2: Loon can be in the main event. I I feel bad for the the backstage staff. i feel Yeah. Bad for like the camera people. and the
1: makeup crew. But like
2: yeah, like those people that sucks. But for the superstars,
1: I, I, I guess this is kind of what you signed up for. That's the
2: thing. I I, I don't. I feel very little pity and selfishly. I'm super excited for New Year's Day when my hungover ass is parked on the couch. yeah, for my second that's where pizza. you're going be anyway. I will hundred percent be watching Raw on New Year's Day. Do you think you'll watch on Christmas?
1: uh probably not. No. I feel like I'll have like a family dinner or something or maybe I'll be working because my employer also does not recognize. This. I hope you don't expect sympathy from me. Hey. I'm going to be at the bottom of the ladder. You know, those are the shifts you have to take. Hey, man, listen, I live my life at the bottom of the ladder. I know. <laughs> I, I, I've worked every Christmas. Neither, neither of us have ever won money in the bank. <laughs> We're never going to. <laughs> uh, wow. Maybe someday. Who's more likely, do you think, to win money in the bank? Uh, I think you. Yeah. I probably have more heelish tendencies. Yeah. And it's well, better on a heel. Do
2: you think you're a better heel?
1: Um, I mean, I, I feel like I've been dabbling in in being uh, uh more assertive lately, which some people take as heelish. Okay. But yeah. I feel like I'm just standing up for myself. Which, I feel like
2: you're nicer it's in good, real life. And it's
1: good to have... Edge. A baby face with edge is what you need. Otherwise, I'm just Bailey and I can't swing a Kendall Yeah, stick. Stone
2: Cold is more over than Bailey. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in real life, you're a bigger baby face than I am. I'm kind of a bully. Yeah,
1: so maybe you would win Money in the Bank. I don't know. If I did win it, I'd have to cash in immediately because that (laughs) seems to be the babyface move.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening (laughs) to Top Marks, thank you so much for joining us. Again, he is Justin Morris. We are back from
1: a one-week break, and yes, I I needed to get away. I I I haven't done that all summer, and, you know, if you're mad about it, why? You don't even pay any amount of money to listen to this. <laughs> this is a free thing that we give to you out of the goodness of our hearts because we like doing it and we hope you like it too. But each and every week we talk about the biggest three topics in the world of professional wrestling. And this week, because of course we didn't do the show last week, we have a lot to talk about. Oh my gosh, The topics are enormous. They're gigantic. Maybe not so much this week, but last week in particular was a very, very big week in pro wrestling. We picked a hell of a time to not do a show. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, you say we. I... I wanted to do the show. You were just gone,
1: and I I, I mean, by the time I was back, you were like, "It's too late." Yeah, that's true. And let's be
2: honest, like, what? I would have no fucking clue what to do without you here. What I'm gonna do? The show. That's true.
1: That's true.
2: I. Actually, maybe that'd be a good show. Yeah, I'd just be like, hey.
1: Josh records an entire episode through his phone, <laughs> like voice memo. Has no apps. idea how to upload it. I just tweet out the <laughs>
2: voice memo as a YouTube video. Uh, like Justin mm-hmm. said, uh, folks, we do three rounds every week. For how long, Justin? We
1: debate the topics for as long as a WCW television title match, which you may not know caps out at fifteen minutes. If there is no decisive victory by the end of fifteen minutes the buzzer sounds and that will do it we move on to the next one and no one has ever won
2: no it's we're in a dead heat yes. this is about as close as anything has ever been in life this is <laughs> we're, we're 13 weeks of three draws a week which is i don't know a couple thousand draws i think yeah. if uh, my numbers are right
1: yeah this is like if sheamus and cesaro's best of 7 series was still going right <laughs> it's now still a draw yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> which it may have if Foley had his way justin do you want me to tell you what the three rounds are this week i would week?
1: love it if you did so
2: Last week, when we were off, John Cena, you've heard of him? Um, I think I'm familiar. Never seen him, but heard him. Yeah. And then Roman Reigns, who we both know and have mixed feelings on. Yeah. They had a segment. I've stomped his yard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they had a segment that was, uh, would you say, controversial? Um, uh, it
1: it drew some a- attention. Sure. It got mainstream media attention. Notable.
2: Yes. It was a notable. We're going to break down that segment, what we thought and, about and it. And people
1: have some differing thoughts on it, so
2: maybe controversial is the right sure. word to use. Sure. Uh, in round number two, Justin, we're going to touch on, and this is spurred by Corey Graves, now serving on both Raw and SmackDown, which I think is great. We're going to talk about the broadcasting in the WWE right now, with Corey Graves moving, Nigel McGuinness being called up, JR and lead on the May Young Classic. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of moving parts, and we'll get into that. And in round number three, Justin, we're going to, listen, it's about time we did this round. We're going to talk about probably my least favorite guy. We talk about him quite often, but, well, I om- but very
1: him. briefly, yeah. and I will be like, he's good, and you'll be like, he's the objective worst person ever, Yeah, uh, and that is, of course, Dolph Ziggler. We're going to
2: talk about Dolph Ziggler, because last night on SmackDown, he had another cancerous segment. He, he re-debuted. He re-debuted at the most confused segment. And, yeah. We'll get and more into that. And he might need to re-debut again next week. We'll <laughs> Justin, it. you teased me, though, earlier. You may have a solution for Dolph Ziggler.
1: Uh, well, we both have been thinking about this, so uh, we're going to call the segment What to Do with Dolph because okay because clearly WWE doesn't know we'll see if we can give them some pointers and then Titus O'Neill who is of course an avid listener of this program hey Titus uh, can take that information and run with it to Vince McMahon and finally get the solutions that we deserve but speaking of people who are avid listeners of this program Josh you actually met someone yeah. live
2: and in the flesh yeah I while you were
1: buying groceries well I was
2: exiting safely yeah um to whoever you are, I'm sure you're listening. I'm so sorry that I forget your name. I, You've heard on the show. I have the worst memory on earth. Just know that it I made actually, our
1: day. Folks, I hit him with a steel chair right before we started recording. I have been concussed. Yes. For,
2: listen, enough jujitsu and liquor. The fact jiu- that he
1: can even speak right now is a miracle unto himself. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think the fact that we you know, only have like – between 80 and 100 listeners total in the world. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, uh, The the one person in Vancouver met you outside of a Safeway and recognized you from the cover art of this podcast. It's a miracle, really. And you were so nice,
2: and it really made my day. Like, I'm being genuine. I felt so good about it. I've been in bands for years that have been recognized like three times. I have music videos with over 100,000 views. Mm. It's like, oh, never, nothing. Then I do this podcast that's the Justin Moore set effect, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Morissette set bump. Is what that is.
1: I'm kind of a big deal in the world of podcasting, so I get moments like that There's no all question. the time. And really, it's no big deal to me at this point. Well, you know, and then I'm... anything I'm bothered by it, people coming up to me <laughs> yeah, and approaching me while I'm on my private time, trying to enjoy my life with my family, especially <laughs> if I'm at like the airport, just leave me alone. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and then you
2: combine that with the fact that I'm kind of a big deal. I'm trying to way. establish
1: my own healness right yeah, now. Yeah, you're doing a pretty no, good job. It's hard. It doesn't feel genuine. You're so friendly looking. That you're smiling. I'm smiling the whole time. Here,
2: do this. He made it He looks sad, folks. He not a good mad face. Still sad. Disappointed. Sad. Uh and then combined with me being sort of a big deal in the grocery store world, I guess it's not yeah. that surprising. from shoplifting. Yeah, they call you Mr. Safeway. Yeah, it's because I steal from there. Like yeah. with Ruth. In. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> uh anything else you want to get to off the hop, Jesse? Yeah, no, I think that's about it. We also have an episode of Sunday Night Tweet this week. No drummer slam. Yeah. Uh, do we have any sponsorships? Oh, right. I almost forgot about the ad copy. Yeah. This week. yeah we have – hang on a second here, Justin. Let me shuffle through some papers. We have about
1: 11 and a half minutes of ads to get through, I think, right now <laughs> before <laughs> we can get to the, the meat that you've all come to expect from this show.
2: This is now something to wrestle with, yeah. Justin Morris Yes.
1: Uh, um, if you suffer from mesothelioma – I feel awful for you, there's honestly literally nothing I can do. You okay. may
2: be entitled to money. I don't know. I can't help Okay, you. Justin, I need you to stop making jokes here. There are people who pay good money for this ad, mm-hmm. and I can't have you making light of it. Okay. okay, okay. Are you a human being? Yes. Justin, you're already... I'm just going to read the ad copy. Could you fucking... Oh, I thought it? I was a character in the ad. Oh, hey, okay. You could be a character yeah, yeah, yeah. in the ad. Okay, sorry. Because
1: like, every ad is like smart guy, dumb guy dynamic. Who
2: am I in this? You're the smart guy. I'm hey. the dumb guy. Okay, ready? Yeah. Are you a human being? I think so. Does your heart pump? Maybe. Does your brain still work? I I think I'm using it right now. Then what you need is a mid-2000s Epiphone Thunderbird bass. I've always
1: wanted one. I
2: mean, if you use promo code TOPMARKS on Twitter,
1: what kind of discount will I receive?
2: Well, (laughs) it's (laughs) it's the same price, but... You get the recognition that you got outside of the Safeway. Yeah, so... so you feel good. That's right, yeah. So yeah. the people who pay... All you have to do is tweet at me, Josh C, with a 070, J0SHC, and I can hook you up with the people who are selling this base. Yeah, but it's not you.
1: Oh, but Justin, it, Justin! It. But it is, it is your base, though. I... That so, part's a little so less So you've clip. contracted your own guitar out to an external company. And got them
2: to pay for ad time on my show, yes. making me the smartest yeah, guy. Yeah, I saw
1: the guy who signed the check, actually, because it came in for last month's ads. Yeah, His yeah. name is actually Kosh Justodio. Yeah,
2: that's a pretty crazy coincidence. <laughs> that's We thought that, too, when we met. We were like, oh, that's... Yeah. Because Justodio's not that common in and the last name. And you
1: ran into him probably outside Safeway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I
2: think... Anyway, so yeah, if you need that base, just contact the good people over at my Twitter account, and uh, we'll make it happen.
1: Absolutely, we'd love to make that. Uh, you know, what was that promo code, down. Justin? Top marks. Thank promo you. code top marks. Put it on Twitter today. And just type it into Twitter. Yeah, you and you'll get the base. Maybe, maybe get like. <laughs> I, just,
3: I, just I sign tweet
1: it. the words promo code yeah. top marks, and the base will appear outside your front door by the time Wait. you get up and walk outside your home. I'll say
2: this: if you use promo code top marks, I'll uh, I'll give you a knickknack from my house and also a paddywhack.
0: <laughs> no dogs, <laughs> no bones. <laughs> and with that,
1: let's get down to round number one.
0: Round one fight. <gasps> oh.
2: Wow! Ah, did you hear that, Justin? I sure did. Swig a lacroix for the working man. Now, Is
1: that lacroix or lacroix? I think our Ameri- lacroix. I think our American listeners might call that lacroix. What you guys know? No French. They don't know, they French? Don't know how yeah, to this speak French. Am I yeah. gonna look like an idiot? No. Well, I think most. I, actually, you know what? I will say main man who pioneered French pronunciations throughout the United States, <laughs> Patrick Waugh. Nobody ever called him Patrick Roy. No, he was... I mean, some people did, but then they'd be like... You're an idiot. ...sternly corrected by someone being like, Gosh, name three of his albums. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Those kinds of guys are the worst. (laughs) Uh, Justin, let's talk a little bit about uh, Roman Reigns and then a little bit about John Cena. And I'm going to start with this question, okay? Do you think this segment last Monday was a net positive? Absolutely. Okay, and why is that?
1: Uh, It was extremely exciting just as an audience member who tunes into Raw every single week, you know, especially lately, I feel like watching the weekly television has become a bit of a chore for me. Okay. And maybe that's just because I'm busy. Sure. And I don't have the kind of free time to spend seven hours a week watching pro wrestling like I have in the past. But mm-hmm. in particular, like, it doesn't seem like much happens. There's not often a show or a segment that really delivers on the time investment I'm putting in. Now, that's not necessarily true of the. The Raw prior to that one, because we also got that incredible promo from The Miz. So good. Um, so there have been a couple of things that, like, have rewarded regular viewers. Right, some sort of long-term
2: storytelling, some returns.
1: But, you know, it's rare that we get something that delivers that kind of impact. And I think the fact that it had so much uh, attention in mainstream media and got all kinds of press all over the place as being like, you have to see this. I don't think a segment has gotten that kind of response since the pipe
2: bomb. Yeah, I think the pipe bomb was the last... I think the pipe bomb was bigger in the mainstream, but I do agree that this And before
1: was. that, like, maybe, like, The Rock coming back, a yeah. surprise return in Anaheim.
2: Yeah, those are all the the big three, I would think, of uh, recent times that broke broken in the mainstream. I-, I had mixed feelings on this, Justin, because I did think... Let- I agree with you. When I was sitting on my couch watching it, I was utterly captivated. But I don't know if it was for the right reasons. I was captivated that they let John Cena go out there and effectively say what the internet wrestling community's opinion wa- is, which is, Roman Reigns, you don't know how to cut a promo. The scathing line of, I'm only here as a part-timer because you can't do your job. Yeah,
1: no, to me, that is the take, like a lot of people, uh, to me, I was very surprised that, you know, there's like... Uh, a, a bunch of different Twitter accounts that consistently make GIFs, like subtitled GIFs yeah. of promos. Like uh, It's like Total Divas episode yeah. recaps TD or whatever. Wrestling. Yeah, TDE Yeah, ready. yeah. and uh, they didn't do that line. To me, that is the takeaway line it's from the promo. The takeaway I'm line. still here because you can't do your job. It is such a savage own that it will haunt. It's haunting. Like, it hangs over Roman... Maybe not forever, but like certainly for the duration of this feud, to me, that is the story.
2: It certainly doesn't help him. And with Cena being the guy who's going to leave and Roman's still here, it seems like a weird thing. Because I'm sort of of two minds about it. Because if you tell a lot of guys on the roster, you're going to get 20 minutes of promo back and forth with John Cena. That's a golden goose. That's an opportunity to get your character out there, get your voice, get a, over like a little Miz bit. guy like Miz would kill oh it. Oh my god, Miz. There's a lot of guys who wouldn't drown out there. AJ Styles, this sort of thing. But for Roman Reigns, he isn't that guy, and they have to know this because he is out there, and it looks like me versus a six-year-old in a fight.
1: But at the same time, what Cena said in breaking the fourth wall and that it's called a promo kid, you're going to have to do it. Is true. Yeah. He needs to be put in those positions to sink or swim and hopefully swim if he is going to be this guy that they think he is. Like you cannot continually hide him and not have him do these sorts of things. If like if you want him to be the next Cena, then he actually has to be able to do it and And I know that calling attention to the fact that he can't might not help, but it also inspired him to fire back with yeah. maybe some off the cuff comments. but he spoke in what sounded like his own true honest joseph n o i voice is that his real name, and not roman reigns joseph n o no, Because you know like he sounded like. What, like, the kind of voice that the Usos have tapped into yeah. on SmackDown.
2: A little more, I don't know, gangster, uh, Yeah, like true... Yeah, and it's nice to bring that out of somebody. I just wonder if Roman wasn't a little bit irreparably damaged from that. Because when you say he's being geared to be the next John Cena, that's very clear. But the wrestling industry doesn't work that way. Stone Cold wasn't the next Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. John Cena wasn't the next Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. It, these guys were individual stars. They're
1: all different and have their own perks and disadvantages.
2: Yeah, they're just the top guy at that time. Yeah. They're not trying to follow the mold of the people before him.
1: But again, like, you know, y- we've debated as to h- how high on the list of greatest wrestlers ever can you put Shawn Michaels considering yeah. he can never promo. Not very high. Yeah. He like he's not a good talker. Here you can quote me on this. Shawn Michaels is a bomb. <laughs> I yeah, you, the Sandman yeah. is twice the Look that the up on Verrett. Josh actually did say that. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but <laughs> my,
2: my chief issue walking away with the segment, and while I do agree with you, Justin, that it was a net gain, is that you put two people in a position where only one can succeed, and I don't think that's going to be but the best wrestling.
1: I don't think that's true because you have been of the mind for quite a while. In fact, since the Rumble, basically this entire year, that whether they have officially turned him or not, that Roman Reigns is a heel. He's
2: obviously at the, he's feuding with John Cena right now. Does anyone still think this guy is a babyface? Yeah. I don't get it. He retires The Undertaker at WrestleMania. He comes
1: out at 30 in the Rumble when we're all expecting either Nakamura or Samoa Joe to debut. And
2: then Braun is doing all the coolest shit on the show that Roman is stopped. And he tried to murder
1: him. <laughs> hit like him with vehicular a Vehicular manslaughter. And Not even is- manslaughter because he was intentionally trying <laughs> to kill him. It was straight up murder. And
2: then enters a feud with John Cena and there's people like, yeah. They really need to turn him heel. I don't know what you guys want. What do you
1: want? Now, I read a column. I can't remember if I read it this morning or yesterday. It's really irrelevant. No
2: more jazz cigarettes <laughs> for you, Justin. Well, Moore, it was that... written
1: by uh, my friend. Well, I don't know. He's an acquaintance. We, we're in the same group chat. Ian Williams. He's a writer oh, for Oh, he's a Vice, great writer. Uh, covers uh, wrestling for them. And he wrote something about how, you know, WWE wants to do these segments because it gets attention and it, and it's like this wink to the audience that hey we hear you We yeah. actually do know what you want And we understand all of your complaints His point was It doesn't actually further anything the, Like a work shoot only works When something changes As a result of it And his example was the pipe bomb course, because, yeah. because CM Punk literally actually did look like He was going to leave the company And as a result of what he said in that promo Things did change for him personally Enough for him to come back And he got a year and a half With the top title at the time yeah, and uh, it changed, and you know, both in it, what he changed by cutting that promo and it, and in leaving the company as well. He changed the philosophy of WWE when 100%. it comes to how they look at smaller independent wrestling stars. They yeah, he there's totally
2: no, opened their eyes to that. There is no money question
1: situation. that that pipe bomb work shoot actually did have a lasting impact that we are actually still feeling today with the guys who are on the roster right now. Whereas this, it's a winking nod to the audience saying, we hear you, but it's still saying we're still not going to do anything about it, because we're not going to change literally anything that we're doing. We're just telling you that we understand.
2: I I guess how I feel is that I have to be consistent in my opinions, and when the part-timers are burying the full-timers, I never like that.
1: But... I disagree with you and I disagree with Ian because I do feel like it has an effect. A, we all agree that this is a WrestleMania program. Absolutely. But it's completely ridiculous that this is happening at a throwaway, no mercy. I mean, maybe they're following the N64... Law where <laughs> no mercy is better than WrestleMania, and that's it. Looking like it will be true. No mercy is still the best wrestling game. Yeah, uh, and no mercy might be the best pay per view of 2017 when it's all said and sure done. Sure, hell yeah. looks that
2: way on paper, right? Yeah,
1: now. Um, but you know, it not only deepens the feud for this really rushed program mm-hmm. and makes it feel like these guys. Do legitimately despise each other, which was a concern of mine going into this. When you're going to build to it with only four weeks, yeah, Uh, that's a genuine concern, and I feel like they dealt with that. But it also deepens and changes the character of John Cena in that, for the first time, maybe ever, he is. A true, 100% pure babyface. Everyone's cheering The crowd is absolutely behind him. Because as much as they make a big deal about, oh, he's a lightning rod, he's a divisive figure, love him or hate him, you have an opinion... The people that boo John Cena are doing so out of habit. Yeah. Because they literally have had... When I first got back into wrestling... Sorry to
2: jump in here. You're talking about post-U.S. Open Challenge.
1: Yes. Yes. Sorry. When I I first got back into wrestling in 2012... Like, even the booking for me was boring, what they were doing with Cena. And they were doing the same thing with Sheamus on SmackDown. He was, like, yeah, Irish Cena. Super Sheamus. Uh so boring. And that was apparent to me within, like, two months. <laughs> and they'd been doing that for ten years yeah, at that point. So, I understand that level of frustration. But you have to be honest with yourself and look at what John Cena has done in the last two and a half years. He's been terrific. Yeah. Top-level, establishing young guys actually letting guys win feuds with him. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles is a big star right now because he's AJ Styles but he's also a big star because he got put
2: into the biggest possible program he could have and he won it. I actually think Owens is a better example of that for Cena making a guy. That's true as um, well. Because AJ came in with, a I would say, bigger hype than Owens did and the Rumble entrance and whatnot. But Owens entering to a Cena feud with that NXT belt on TV and made him. And he's remained over since. I do want to point out how funny it is that people... Sorry, you, you want to say yeah, Because I'm
1: not done yet. Oh, okay, John Cena Now has completely, like, he can do it within promos. He has been doing it for the last several years because it doesn't take much him to win these people over. They already like him deep down. They're just not willing to admit it. If he's going to be the voice of the voiceless, like CM Punk once was, then everyone is going to admit that they actually love John Cena. Because they should. There's no reason to dislike John Cena at this point.
2: Oh, uh, what about Which, those...
1: And if John Cena is going to be a pure babyface, then that
2: makes Roman Reigns the pure heel that we know he is also. And I think there's also so... First of all, I agree with what you said, almost in totality. I do want to point out the absurdity that what got John Cena all this goodwill with fans after years of was young talent... beating every
1: single person in the company for an entire year. Was just...
2: Pinning like great matches, but like pinning it, young up and kicking cover. out of everyone's finisher. <laughs> Sami Zayn's uh, debut on the main. It roster. was the John Cena kicks
1: out of your finisher world tour. Yes, yeah, and it,
2: it completely worked. No, I but agree the it,
1: matches were dynamite.
2: They absolutely were. Every single and one of them, that. maybe save for Xavier Woods. Yeah, Xavier Woods and the Stardust one, yeah. I think. But him and Cesaro, of course, were. But it, even so, the the Dean Ambrose match was great. On oh yeah, are you kidding? On this week's Raw, I really wanted Roman to come out and take all of that criticism that Cena lobbied his way and come out and not try to out-promo John Cena. To recognize that he isn't John Cena and effectively say that. Go out there and say, John, I got to let you know. I think you're right. I can't talk like you on the mic. But I got to tell you what I can do, John. I can kick some ass, and I think if you look at our resumes over the past two years, I'm a better ass kicker be- than you.
1: Because in a lot of ways, if you completely remove yourself from kayfabe and look at them as performers, you know, as much as people are like, "Oh, they want him to be the next John Cena," they are actually polar opposite performers. Absolutely. In that, Cena was always a great talker, but the work rate wasn't there. The until, five moves a do until probably the last you know, six years or so, yeah. which is maybe a decade of it not being there necessarily.
2: Yeah, 2011's the punk feud. Anyway, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, whereas Roman consistently works great matches. Yep. Like, yeah. work rate might have been a question for him his first year solo, and that was kind of hampered by injuries, so you can't put that entirely on him. Yeah. Um, but the mic work is not there. And maybe in a decade it will be, because look where Miz is right now. He's the best fucking promo in the company, he and really you would is. never think that. Yeah as the guy who came in off the real world, you know? (laughs) It is insane to see how good he is on the microphone. And that is a skill that guys can develop over time as they get more comfortable. And maybe that's something that will take Roman a while. But the fact that he can work matches and have consistent chemistry with everyone—you and I have been talking a lot about chemistry—we actually have a question th- about today. That today. Yeah, uh, and like it's one of the things that you have to give
2: Roman credit for—he seemingly has it with basically everyone. And Finn Balor, Chris Jericho, and Kevin Owens all have said that they are—he is their favorite guy to wrestle yeah. in the yeah. ring. Consider what that means yeah. from those three people. Yeah. So. But I think Roman needs to tap into that because he cannot compete with John Cena on the mic. We knew that before this happened, but it's only been confirmed. But that's kind of what he did on Raw.
1: He challenged him to a physical confrontation and Cena said no.
2: After trying to cut the promos, he did have that great line about how his zipper was broken because of his big dog. Yeah. I thought that was pretty yeah, good. Yeah,
1: that was pretty good. Again, shooting from the hip. Yeah. Off the cuff improv. Improv Roman is good. Scripted Roman is not.
2: Nothing comes across better in wrestling promos than being natural and having the truth on your side. Yeah. And those are both... Things that Roman does, he could have and he could tap into. Uh, how excited are you for this match in this hugely? Me, I,
1: I honestly like. I'm telling Stefan, my buddy, lives in the L.A. right now. Yeah. No Mercy is in L.A. I am like every couple days. I'm like, have you got your tickets yet? He needs to go because you have to be there. Yep. It's a huge show. I have not been more excited. And we talked about a couple m- uh, months ago. I think Great Balls of Fire being a big, uh, you know, single post-brand split one show, pay-per-view being yep. a big one, I think this is even bigger. I think there's no argument that this is the biggest show they put on since the brand's <clears throat> That's 15 Wow, minutes. right on 15. Yeah.
2: There we go. Killed it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we will go on to round number two, I suppose,
2: because there is no Drummer Slam this week. There is no Drummer Slam, because if you recall... Our, our ratings dropped one week. Yeah. And then we removed Drummer Slam, and they've rebounded.
1: Yeah, but speaking of Drummer Slam, there's something I neglected to mention during the opening intro. Oh, go ahead. Which is that uh, while we had our little hiatus week, yeah. I received a wonderful gift. What's that? Oh, yeah. Your parents. <laughs> That's true. Our most loyal listeners <laughs> decided that they were so proud of me <laughs> for going four for five on uh, Sunday Night Tweet, (laughs) and acing Drummer Slam as well, that they gave me uh, just a nice little gift to say, "Great, keep up the great answers, we love the show, keep doing the show as well. I think it was a reward for just me being a nice boy and saying some genuinely thoughtful and kind comments at the end of that episode. I think think that's the main reason
2: for that gift. Well, I think it was all in one. Listen, if you want to get yourself some gifts, uh, first of all, Mom and dad, you rule. That was very kind, and I love you both very much. But, uh, I got yeah. the
1: card right here. It says, it's time to take out the trash. Oh, hang on. Justin, did my mom gimmick in on John? She did. She did. Hey, said, mom, ju- I
2: take that back. Dick move. She
1: said, Justin, are you good or what? Congrats! We love the show. Keep up all the good answers. <laughs> love the Custodio family. <laughs> is that the- and they gave me a big thing uh, of uh, Ferrero Rocher. Rocher. Uh, How nice is that? It's very. They're good yeah. people. So what are you thank say? you to the Custodio family. Salt
2: of the earth. Yeah, right. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks for buying me chocolate, guys. Yeah, I, thought, I have to give them a shout out. Yeah, garbage. While ass. we're
1: talking about being appreciated by listeners. And maybe mention them as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say no to a box of chocolates, Mom. Just well, saying. I know you you're know.
1: listening. They gave you the gift of life, okay? Maybe they need a base. <laughs> 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 but enough about that. Let's move on to round number two.
2: Round two.
0: Fight. Round.
2: Justin, I think it's important for this round to, to give the listeners a little bit of context here, which is you are a legitimate professional broadcaster. I am,
1: yes. Uh, I do. May, I might be about to work for the largest sports broadcasting company in Canada. Are
2: we going to break that? I here? don't know. Well... You okay, know. let's, well, by
1: next week, maybe I will. Just or maybe I will yes, well, just... but I am a genuine sports broadcaster. I have four years of legitimate play-by-play experience doing all kinds of different sports. It is my profession.
2: Schooling also, you are you are a professional from the bottom up broadcasting, so I think your insight in this round is going to be truly invaluable. I hope so. Uh, so what we're talking about here is uh, the broadcasting desks. Of the WWE. Big shakeup this week. Big shakeup this week with Corey Graves moving both onto Raw and SmackDown. I
1: feel like it's a mistake.
2: Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, awesome. I don't at all. Go ahead. I
1: hate to have this opinion because I do love Corey. Yeah. But I feel like it hampers the legitimacy of the brand split to have talent mm. appear on both shows. I don't like it when Renee shows up on Raw. Okay. Unless you're going to do the full swap that Charlie is back on SmackDown and Renee is on Raw, which makes sense because Dean is on Raw. Mm-hmm. Like That's why she's on Raw, yeah, is yeah, yeah. to be able to spend time with her husband. I want to spend time with Dean, too. It makes sense. But if you're going to do that, then take her off SmackDown because Talking Smack doesn't exist anymore. Fuck, so she doesn't me. need to be on the blue... like. It, in the same way that it was dumb to have Brock and Randy invading each other's shows within the first weeks
2: <laughs> yeah, that was of so the brand dumb.
1: split, it was cool, but it was dumb. It at was the same so time. dumb. Uh, it it hurts like keeping these things as separate entities. When why is Corey allowed to do this? Why 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 would either commissioner allow him to do that? Well, shit, Justin, your
2: passion kind of convinced me to you being Be- right
1: because if if this is legit split, companies run by separate people, yeah, then Stephanie and Shane should both not allow this to happen.
2: Well, Justin, what do I say now? I think. Well, hang on, hang on. I'll try this. Hey, shut up. <laughs> what What are you doing?
1: That I mean, that, no, I
2: think it's a good point, and it does harm the legitimacy of the brand split. But in terms of a. Getting the highest quality of commentary for WWE. I do believe Corey is the best color guy. I absolutely have. believe
1: that as well. And I
2: think Byron is a dead man floating in the middle of the ocean without him. It allows Byron to be this glad-handing, yuck, yuck, yuck baby face, which I love. Because Corey rips on Byron a lot. And so did JBL.
1: But when JBL does it, it seems mean in a Correct. way that Byron can't come back Well, it's from because
2: it. as fledgling NXT came up with Byron and Corey doing it, they feel like old pals. Yeah. This is a dynamic I'm used to. And I think, and last night SmackDown proved this, that with uh, Phillips in the middle of them, that's probably the best total desk they have. And I know you might disagree with that, but I think it is so strong for one of their flagship programs to have such good commentary I, I'm all for it, even with the legitimacy breaking that I do agree and hadn't considered.
1: Of course, the main reason that this is happening is that JBL decided to step away from the commentary table. Yeah. And he, they framed it in the way that he's a hero for doing this because he's so focused on giving back to the community and helping, uh, uh, you, know, you know, underprivileged children have a great life or what? But, but, like, we all know the reason. Like, they have been dropping hints probably quite a bit backstage that after this big Morrow thing blew up on them, they did not want him to still be around. Because, to me, it's silly that Phillips is still... I mean, you can't make the switch immediately, but... SmackDown was Moro's show, and he only left because JBL was a fucking asshole. Yeah. So there's no reason if JBL is not going to be there that SmackDown should not be Moro's show again. This is right on the heels of Moro establishing himself as the biggest play by play man for combat sports in the world, Mayweather calling the <laughs> biggest fight of all time. <laughs> to keep the man in NXT at this point is a waste of him because NXT is great, and I love having Moro call the takeovers, but. There's, it's, there's no reason to have literally the most established, most credible play-by-person in the world... Calling a program that is not on television that you need to subscribe to the network to be able to watch.
2: I fully agree with you. However, selfishly, I love it because NXT. I feel like is in a bit of a renaissance. We should talk a little bit more about that next week, maybe. But having Moro, who I feel is the strongest single play-by-play guy in the company, on a program that I feel is like in a very hot spot, I selfishly like it. But I think your point is a hundred percent. Why is Moro not on your flagship television shows? Yeah. What? Why is it not Moro on even Raw?
1: Yeah. Uh, it- um, the problem becomes that if you don't put Corey there, you you really have no one. McGinnis. Well, here's the thing. My solution would Go be ahead. to scrap Phillips, put him back in NXT, okay, uh, and maybe have him do some backstage. Look, he can be the Renee role. He can be the backstage person. To. Yeah,
2: that's what he used to do. Yeah,
1: have him do that. Move Renee to Raw. He'll stay on SmackDown. Having him as this fourth man host at the desk was a disaster. That was a disaster. I never want to see that again. Yeah, but you know, make my dream desk for SmackDown right now is Morrow go. on play-by-play with Nigel as the heel commentator okay. and Byron as the face commentator. And I'm, mm. and and because like I may have said this on the show before, I think that Nigel McGuinness is an excellent excellent color man. Yeah, you, you went ham on him after that uh, UK match. Because, you about it and I don't know, we might have had this conversation personally. I can never remember
2: what we did on the show. And, and what we
1: talk about yeah. in our day-to-day lives. But there's something about him, his accent, just the Britishness of, of him that <laughs> makes it feel like Real sports, which
2: is so weird because I'm the soccer fan. Yeah, I don't watch you. soccer at all. <laughs> yeah,
1: but the, I, but I'm maybe just from playing FIFA casually over right. the years. I'm conditioned when you hear that accent, it's like, oh, real sports is
2: happening. Yeah, when they're like, "Hello, governor," but <laughs> nice, boil driver, mate. <laughs> he really of... shined his boots there. Yeah, there you go.
1: Chimney sweep.
2: <laughs> oh, mine was mine was Australian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, but. A-
1: it's, it's, it's not just the accent, it's also the content of what he says. Because I feel like yeah. he focuses more on, like, he talks about guys striking power. Yep. It, it's the sort of things that you expect to hear from an MMA commentator. I was
2: going to say, yeah, a little bit more realism. Yeah,
1: and it, it, it lends all of his commentary in the UK tournament and in NXT this, like, legitimacy yeah, that, I that I think really complements the professional legitimacy that Moro brings as well. And I think Byron would be a nice compliment to those guys.
2: The think- only reason I can't get with that is because I've never liked Byron when he's not with Corey. Like, it's so interesting because I feel like he's just... They're like a tag team that when they break up, one guy's the star and the other guy is clearly is the second, He's the Genetti. But then when he's with Corey, I like him as much as I like Corey. It's yeah. so strange. But the
1: problem is yeah. you take Morrow and McGinnis from NXT both at the same time, you're left with nothing in NXT. Yeah. Phillips would take Morrow's place, but then from a color perspective, literally nothing. There's no one there to fill that well, role. Well, they they could give you know, give me a call. I guess so. Yeah, you got
2: maybe you and I do commentary. Yeah,
1: we could do that. Yeah, we'd hey, CCW. Um, <laughs> you but I mean that is the problem Be- yeah. because uh, even the third man on NXT right now I can't even think of what his name is because he's so irrelevant.
2: Oh, the guy with the yeah yeah. I want to say
1: like Patrick Clark, but I know that's the Velveteen Dream. That's Velveteen Dream. Dream. Who is tremendous? Yeah.
2: Um. Okay. Have you? I know you're not fully caught up on May Young Classic, but you've been watching. I have been watching. A, yes. Give me your take on JR and Lita's commentary. I don't. <laughs> I know a lot of people
1: are mad about it, but that they feel like it is, I mean obviously you cannot follow up the level of expectation that Moro and Daniel Bryan set with the Cruiserweight Classic last year because Certainly not. honestly Moro and Daniel Bryan is maybe the best commentary tandem of all
2: time. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> like, I don't know if often of, like whatever 10 episodes, I'm going to, to take them the greatest of all time. But but they <laughs> were
1: fantastic, though.
2: Absolutely excellent. So good. Brian's infectious excitement. Yeah. And these were guys that carried. Yeah, I appreciate and, and, and they were all, like a
1: lot of guys in the tournament, not just, you know, your uh, Brian Kendricks, are probably people that Daniel Bryan has a very personal connection to. Oh yeah, for sure. Um and so certainly
2: he, true of Zack Saber Jr.
1: and and so, so his excitement in watching them do these things in a WWE ring is not fake. It's no. it's genuine personal excitement for watching his friends succeed. Yeah. And also he loves wrestling and he got to watch incredible wrestling and have honest reactions to it. Yeah. And he himself is an incredible technical wrestler and can provide all kinds of like legitimate insight in a way that you know you don't often get. So Alita I, is just as good. So honestly actually what you could do um, this is not filling the role of a heel commentator on SmackDown. But have Daniel Bryan be both the general manager and the color Stop guy. Stop it. What are you doing? No, guy? you can't do Stop that. Stop it. Get out of here. But, uh, you so know, obviously, JR, obviously those like... two set the standard. Yes. And I, But it's unfair to try and judge Lita and JR against that. And it's also okay. unfair to be like, oh, JR's lost it. He's not nearly as good.
2: Like, yeah, yeah no, no shit. shit. Where yeah. have you been for like five years now? Yeah, he is... You know? Now, do you think this is a getting older thing, or is JR calling it in? Because I see a lot of lack of research talk going around him. Uh, sir, more true of that New Japan show he called, was it Dominion, where he was messing up guys' names? Yeah, I mean... He, he didn't know Tama Tonga's first name, he just kept calling him Tonga. It's... Like, that sort of thing is unacceptable at that level, in my opinion.
1: It's true, and and Tamatanga is probably the most vocal critic of it, not because kidding. he's like, at least these other guys know our fucking name. Yeah,
2: Josh Barnett sucks, too. Yeah. But, but, okay, I actually don't take that much umbrage with JR's uh, commentary through the May Young Classic. Me neither. I, I don't... think it's it sounds like a deflated JR, which is still pretty good. Yeah.
1: But I just, think Lita... Just, it's like... It... <laughs> As as a hockey fan, the closest analogy for me is Bob Cole. Oh, okay. You listen to Bob Cole call him hockey night in Canada, and yeah. they, like they'll only bring him in for like a huge, important milestone game or the NHL playoffs. Right. And we all know that Bob Cole is extremely old. Yeah. And possibly senile. But it feels like and home. definitely does not know half of the guy's names. This is actually such a good comparison. But exactly the tone of his voice. Just hearing him. Yeah. If I hear Bob Cole calling a hockey game, I know it's important. Yeah. And if I hear Jim Ross calling a wrestling match, I know it's exactly. important. Exactly. So I don't care that he's not getting the names of the moves right. Right. Or he doesn't know that Tonga's name is Tamatonga. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it, there these are details that would infuriate, you know. It, look, if you're a fan of the... Uh, New Japan product. Yeah. Not to say that your sporting equivalent is being a fan of like the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh boy! But in some ways, it is. Oh boy! Look, look, it is. You know, for... I have a feeling this episode is going to do bad ratings. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I enjoy watching New Japan when I do see it. Yeah. But I don't often seek it out because it's not readily available to me. Yeah, it's no CCW. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. But, but, like, even Impact is more readily available to sure, me. Sure, yeah. Which is wild. On you a know pop Now, TV. maybe that's just me not signing up for a streaming service that I could sign up for. No,
2: because our friend Roman signed up and, like, literally can't figure out how to cancel. Exactly.
1: So, <laughs> take from that what you will. Exactly. So, you know, there is just, like... He's going to make these mistakes, but complaining about it is like missing the
2: forest for the trees. Could Lita get a little excited, though? I mean, Lita sounds so flat and so disinterested in what's going on. It's it's borderline unacceptable for me. And you know, my opinions are not in line with the internet wrestling community in general. Yeah. But I, I have to fully agree with them here. I watch this and I go, the, even as Sane's elbow drop, she's like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, fucking oh boy! That's the
1: coolest, mad, coolest fucking move we've ever seen. Yeah, oh boy, oh boy! <laughs> it's
2: like, come on, Lita. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, so,
2: Justin, you're you're a little expert in this. Who is the best play by play guy they have right now?
1: Oh, it's gotta be Moro. Okay. I mean, I I have to like give it up for Michael Cole on some level because. As much as, like, there is blowback against him. And I have said on this very show, he has ruined what should be iconic moments with not giving them the calls they deserve. The Daniel Bryan yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to tap. He's going to tap. He's going to tap. He tapped. He, you fuck. Why would you say, build the drama? Is he going to tap? Is, yeah. is this it? Not, he's going to.
2: I think don't Cole, tell me this is it before it happens. Cole's a tough situation cuz obviously they're much harder on the commentary team on Raw. He has to shoehorn in a lot more of course. than certainly the NXT. And
1: and certainly he he handles it better than probably anyone should be able to. Okay. Even yeah. if I might Critique his choice of calls during what should be pivotal moments.
2: Just to put us at equal, uh, my dream desk is what they have on SmackDown, just with Morrow in the Phillips role. So Graves, Byron, and Morrow would be my ideal uh, commentary team.
1: But maybe I've just set the bar for Lita so low because I, <laughs> because I, I, genuinely hate her as uh, a fucking um, like pre-show analyst. Right, like on the desk, she's so bad. That like (laughs) I thought this was gonna be just awful, and I don't think it has been that. Okay, it it hasn't been great. Yeah, but like I I was expecting worse from her. Yeah, the the weirdest thing for me is that I know Alundra Blaze was supposed to be involved in this broadcast. Who's a good talker? Well, I I think so, just from backstage videos that I've seen. But maybe that's a Roman Reigns situation. Sure. Where like as herself. She's a wonderful talker, but if you put her in this weird broadcasting
2: role, she can't be natural. Yeah, when the lights are on, it's a little bit different.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been, it hasn't been—it has been great, but it hasn't been bad. You don't have the huge problem with it. And that's 15 minutes. Okay. So we go to everybody's favorite segment. Yeah, it is everybody's favorite segment. Yeah, it's the people's segment. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's called Sunday Night Tweet. Every single week, Josh Custodio scours the internet for the best or worst, or most questionable, or most random, tweets sent out by members of the active WWE roster. Now, these are all wrestlers, whether they're on Raw or SmackDown or NXT, these are tweets written on Twitter by WWE contracted wrestlers, and he's gonna read them, and I have to guess
2: who they are. And sometimes it's impossible, but lately I think I've been doing pretty well. You're on a bit of a hot streak. Yeah, there's no question. And uh, listen, let's see if that continues. I'm here to beat the screen. Now I've been <laughs> on vacation. Uh,
1: so maybe I'll do really bad
2: <laughs> Are you suggesting that somehow you would get worse at this from time well you're on Twitter last when yeah, you're on vacation. Yeah.
1: Alright, well let's I'm get it. A- I'm not as tapped into wrestling as I am when I'm bored
2: and city. Sure, that's completely fine. Uh, let's start out with tweet number one, sure. So, Justin, this is what's with. Yeah, yeah that's how, usually what I start yeah. Maybe, Should we start with tweet number two this week? No. Okay, we'll start with tweet number one. tweet
1: number two is usually no Dar. <laughs> I, I
2: don't know what you're and talking leading about. Leading
1: with him would be foolish. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, bud.
2: Uh, so this is what the kids call a quote tweet, okay, Justin. Okay, sure. So the tweet that the tweeter in question is quoting is asking the tweeter in question, are you on the Neville level? And the tweeter in question quotes this tweet and says, very few are. I know who wrote this. You do.
1: I saw this. Go ahead in my timeline. Who is it, Justin? It's Kevin Owens.
0: It is Kevin
2: Owens, paying (laughs) dividends to uh, his NXT alumni friend, and
1: Uh, and honestly, a genuine close friend of his. Oh, is it everything I can tell? Okay, I I was
2: my heart was kind of warmed by that. I I love it. I
1: love it when you see Neville just being himself, like completely out of character. He's got the glasses. nerdiest glasses yeah. you've ever seen. And, like, seeing him, like, pal around with Sami Zayn, it's like, oh, look at these geeks be so yeah. cute together.
2: I love this. guys. It. All right, let's get on to tweet number two. One for one, 100%. I'm doing well. So I'm just going to read this one I'm here, Justin. Shoot. So it, it says, it. Uh, Crying weens at Disney blows my mind. Unless Baloo the bear stole your ice cream and told ye to piss off." You've nay reason to greet, ya wee rat.
1: Once again, as I said, (laughs) tweet number two is the Scottish supernova, the man who took the pin from (laughs) Enzo Enzo Amore. Amore, no am dar. It
2: is no dar. Watching children cry at Disney. And uh, making a good point, why yeah. are you crying at Disney? Unless Baloo the Bear has stolen your ice cream, yeah. told you to piss off, you've no reason to grieve, Pop popped, you popped your blains or whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> the next tweet is also a, uh, a quote tweet. Okay. Uh, and the, the tweet that is quoted says, where are you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? And the tweeter in question says, doing the most important job on earth, loving my kids. All right. So this is a man who must be
1: on Monday Night Raw because we know where he is on Monday. Good deducting. But where is he on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? Loving his kids. He loves his kids.
2: Now, I I don't want you to take. I don't think he like loves them. You know, like yeah, too much. Of like course. it's not like, no, a pedophile. I'm he's, not. Why? why I'm would just you not implying that. I'm just not implying. that he's, uh, Why would I come at it? Well, from I just that know angle. sometimes you call people pedophiles, Well I've but,
1: never done that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Look he's on monday night raw i'll just say
2: this a question he
1: has children multiple children kids yes uh so i feel like i can do some deductive reasoning here and he might in fact even be a, a super dad of the year titus o'neill <laughs> oh
2: man it is not <laughs> titus o'neill god damn it oh but world, will th- worldwide just because for a titus mention and hello titus thanks for listening it is the big dog Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns loves his kids, but not too much. I thought he only had a daughter. He, I don't he, know what to tell you. He he might have a, multiple my kids, kids now. Well, I'll show you the tweet.
1: Oh, yeah. And he did the heart eyes emoji. What yeah. a sweetheart. Well, that's not heel stuff right there. Well, I'm just... I, but, or Though maybe he's rubbing it in that he has a beautiful picturesque family. Or, I don't have that.
2: Or he's trying to prove that his dick works. He's like, like I have
1: lots of kids. What a fucking asshole.
2: <laughs> 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 On to the next tweet, Justin. Uh, this one is. Uh, all it says is, "Is this Death Note movie on Netflix gonna piss me off?" Hmm. So
1: someone who's a huge fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> look, if you if you're a listener of this show, yeah, and you like anime, which you probably do. Uh oh
2: careful i feel like you've got a big sloth of our (laughs) listenership
1: i didn't mean to just imply (laughs) you're a loser though for a complete loser (laughs) but also you are a complete jabron (laughs) dunk your head in the toilet i'm not there to do it so you'll have to do it to yourself please do Uh... (laughs) (laughs) um
2: yeah folks remember when i was the heel of this podcast all of your all of your tweets about my opinions now directed to justin he's obviously a way worse person do you receive tweets about your opinions Yeah, of course you see them. Or do you not check the Top Marks accounts? You were beloved by the fan. I'm definitely less liked. Oh, okay. It's it's the exact opposite of real life. Well, like I said, (laughs) once you're finished
1: dunking your head in the toilet, tweet at Josh about how that was all his fault. (laughs) I didn't want to make you do it, but...
2: Let me read the tweet again, Justin. Sure. Is this Death Note movie on Netflix going to piss me off? See,
1: I don't think it will because it's directed by Adam Wingard, and I have a ton of respect for him as a filmmaker. Okay, I did not see his Blair Witch remake, but I really wanted to okay. because his previous films to that are The Guest and You're Next, which are two of my favorite movies of the last ten the years. The Guest is great. The Guest is spectacular. Uh, so uh, just on that you know, that's my own answer to the tweet. Yeah. I I think you'll you're in good hands. Okay, good. But
2: uh, well, I'm I'm sure they'll they'll sleep better at Yeah. That uh,
1: but but somebody who is probably a big anime fan and loves Japanese culture, uh, I hate I hate to go to the Xavier Woods bank every time it's a nerd thing. It's not
2: Xavier Woods.
1: Mm, is it? But it is
2: you were on the right track with somebody who loves Asian culture. And is sort of known for this, I think. Marked out when Nakamura was signed. Huh. She is married to an Asian man. Is it... Sasha Banks? It is the legit boss, Sasha Banks! I had that dramatic
1: pause in there because she was my (laughs) runner-up to Xavier Woods. There we go!
2: There we go! Yeah. Yeah, Sasha Banks wondering if that movie's gonna piss her off. I'm three for four. I think that's. And I I think
1: I had a spot-on guess for the one I got wrong too. So I don't think you can fault my game this thus far.
2: Listen, mom, you don't have to send him chocolates every time. But please do. (laughs) On to our (laughs) final tweet this week, Justin. It is another (laughs) quote tweet. I didn't realize I did this so much this week, but here we are. Uh, So this tweet says, "Dolph Ziggler is really funny, and he can get it done inside the ring." And the tweeter question takes this, quotes it, and says, "Blocked." <laughs> I would love it if it was Dolph
1: Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it is. Oh.
2: Uh, this seems like such a Kevin Owens tweet. Yeah. He's already I know. Come up today. I know.
1: Uh, so I don't think you're gonna do two Kevin Owens tweets. I might. It would be
2: within the rules. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that does seem like a very Kevin Owens tweet, but I, I also think you telling me that means it's not him. Ah uh, red well. herring situation. Yeah. Why would you give me the answer? Hmm. Uh who is going to say blocked? Shinsuke Nakamura. Whoa. His first feud. Oh it's a one word answer, so he's not gonna stumble over his words.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I can he- I can hear the people turning on you. I can hear them saying fuck you. Well, I'll say it for you guys.
1: Fuck you. Um yeah, Shinsuke.
2: It is not Shinsuke Nakamura. Not. Why would it be? It is Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> oh, my first guess was
0: right. <laughs> Fuck.
2: I should have
1: just trusted my instincts there. You know what? I'm going to count that as a win. I got uh, it. No. But. I, 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 I said it. He was He was the first name so, I but, said. But what? You could just say all yeah. these names No. Then. I just said I would love God. it if it was him. You went
2: three for five. No.
1: I got that one.
2: But I run this show. No. No. I, Market it four. <laughs> it's a four. Market four, Josh. <laughs> this is a Lebowski <laughs> quote, which we're looking at a poster <laughs> of right now, which is great. And it's also the current background to my phone. Yeah. Justin, I know you like to fancy yourself a professional broadcaster. Sure, I do. But I don't know if you just realized what I did here. What? I took a Dolph Ziggler tweet, made it the last tweet in, su- or in Sunday night tweet as we enter round three, which is about
1: Dolph Ziggler, which we will talk about right now in <laughs> round number
2: three. Round three, fight! Justin, I think it's it's firmly established that... How do I word this? I don't like Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I think you loathe him. Yeah, I would, like, actively hope bad things happen to him. As a human being? Really? Yeah, yeah. Isn't he, like, charming on some level as a person? In, like, a date rapist way, maybe.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These... And I thought I was saying mean
2: things. This like, show, this week, we're back with like terrible. No, I, said... I don't. I obviously don't wish Dolph Ziggler any harm. My problem with Dolph Ziggler is, and to, to give full context, I have never been one of these guys who loves him. I know that there are people who really love the 2012 run, the 13 cash run. I've never liked Dolph Ziggler. I find his promos, his only promo style, is yelling. I find it insufferable. I think his Moveset is one of the worst in the company. Both his signature and finisher are entirely uninteresting. And for a guy who gets so much talk about his in-ring, doesn't have many great matches. I think he is a good worker, though. I think he's a very good worker. Who's a
1: better worker, him or Randy Orton? Uh, that's tough. Because they are, they are both very similar in that they should be bigger deals than they are. Okay. Uh obviously that applies more to Dolph than Randy because sure. Randy still gets treated like a big deal. I think the big thing with Dolph is that he, like he he is the ultimate victim of the Sami Zayn booking. Like, oh, okay. Like like he, everything that people liked about him and he was very over for a time. You cannot deny even if you didn't like no, him. No, he was super over. Yeah. Uh during I wouldn't that, deny that stretch. Yeah. He just got beat into oblivion, and, like, everything that was good about him was either worn down or taken away. And eventually, it's, it's like, he was one of those guys where, like, not that necessarily I want to see him win that rumble that Roman won, and everyone booed him at the end, but he was one of the guys who got booked to look like a complete piece of trash. Yeah. Because... Anybody in that rumble who was over was going to be made to look like a goddamn chump so that Roman is our conquering hero and then everyone will accept him. When clearly that blew up in their face because people were furious watching the people that they actually do like get treated like trash. And at the time, now three years ago, Dolph Ziggler was one of those guys. Because it is wild to think that we are only three years removed from him Being the sole survivor of one of the biggest Survivor Series main events of the last, you know, 15 years or so. I think it probably
2: is the biggest in the 2000s.
1: And we all know that he only got that role because Roman was injured. Yeah. But he still got it. Sure. And the pop and reaction was enormous.
2: What's the coolest thing Dolph Ziggler does in the ring? Uh, Sell. You like his selling? Yeah. When he's jumping around like a goddamn maniac? Yeah. I, I did not like it when The Rock does it. I don't like it when Dolph Ziggler does it. Scott Dawson knows how to sell. There Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. So, we are at opposite ends of the spectrum with Dolph Ziggler. You think that there is still some upside to this guy and he can be saved? Uh, I think so. Because, okay. like,
1: I don't see how a guy who has charisma and you might think that he's No, I
2: think he has some charisma. He
1: does have charisma. He has more
2: charisma than some other people. And
1: he's a good ring worker. How can this be an irredeemable person? Okay, I I see what you're saying. Let me... Okay, so let's recap. honestly, we we were talking about this match before we started recording. The match that he had with The Miz at that uh, SmackDown pay-per-view might have been Backlash. I think it was Backlash. The first Backlash post-brand split where uh, it was his retirement match. Yeah. Yeah, career versus title. That should have main evented that show because it was excellent.
2: I think that match is a perfect standing testament to what I always talk about on this show. That in-ring quality is secondary to investment and characters you care about and stakes. Because that match taken in a vacuum in-ring doesn't blow the roof off of it. I think it does. I think it was a very
1: good match for both of them. It
2: was very good. But, but it is so elevated by you caring. And and the fact that you
1: genuinely believed that Dolph Ziggler might actually be retired well, I by was, this I match. was
2: hoping for it, frankly.
1: Uh, okay. But it seemed like something that could actually happen. I agree. Whereas career versus
2: title is often a shitty stipulation because we know what's going to happen. That's right. Um, let's recap for last night what happened on SmackDown because that's what triggered this round. Yes. Uh, I thought that was one of the worst segments on WWE television in a little while. What happened, and Justin, maybe you can run it down better than me, but as Dolph Ziggler came out, this was his, what did they call it, a re-debut? His
1: re-debut. And he comes
2: out with... What a
1: weird thing to acknowledge eight. on the air.
2: Unbelievably stupid. And he comes out with his Here to Show the World music, and he cuts a small promo about how now he understands what he has to do. But it was
1: no different than the promo he's been cutting backstage for the last two weeks. Virtually identical. Which is, you people flock to these dumb gimmicks, yeah. and he listed off all of them. Yeah. And, you know, don't care about the actual in-ring work. Yeah, Otherwise, everyone you knows would appreciate the, me.
2: Everyone knows the coolest gimmick is Motley Crew. Crue. Yeah. Uh, so he comes out, he does this, then he goes back and he re-enters as he does John Cena's entrance with a Titan Tron that is like a mix between John Cena and Dolph Ziggler. And he half heartedly does John Cena's entrance moves. And he's he's holding up the towel and saying, Buy, Buy this, this online, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was actually pretty it was funny. pretty funny. <laughs> uh... And then he repeats this with a few other people on the roster. Did, did
1: Macho Man with a fake Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. And then did Naomi's entrance. Right, Naomi. With a completely ridiculously over-the-top glowing dread wig that I actually <laughs> thought was outstanding. That <laughs> wig is the MVP of this entire segment. I
2: mean, it wouldn't take much because this segment was so confused and so dumb. Like, I just don't the, know. What the, were they trying to get across? The
1: crowd did not know how to react to it. What and, was the desired reaction? commentary didn't know either. He was, like, doing all of these things that, like, pop the crowd. Yeah. Uh, but Dolph Ziggler's doing it. And saying, like, oh, you're not into this? Usually you are. It's like, well, you can't, like... We're also invested in these characters, and you've just come out here and shit all over the crowd first. Do you? So if he <sighs> didn't cut that promo first, yeah. if he just did one of those entrances... The Miz and, just did that, and though. That's true. He the Miz, just did yeah. this
2: better. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. Do you remember the Total Bellas ripoff? It was great. It was unbelievable. And his
1: impression of Cena was bang on. And
2: for four months later, when Dolph he did Ziggler, the, oh.
1: like, he, When he did it... After Cena was gone, too, oh. like the first SmackDown after Mania, when he came out, there's a good thirty to forty-five seconds where that crowd actually does think it's Cena and Nikki.
2: I think I thought it did, and and well, oh, I mean, Maurice is Nikki, but the the entire thing and Miz doing it so closely. And granted, Miz is awesome, but such close proximity to that and Dolph doing this terrible water down. What did commentary say? They're like, this is strange and keeps getting
1: getting stranger by the second. So
2: let me ask you two questions, Justin. First, what do you think the desired reaction was? I don't know. For him to get booed doing Naomi's entrance? Yeah, probably. I think
1: they wanted maybe for people to be so bored by it that they booed voraciously. But then that's... He started the thing by saying, "You people are bored by me and sit on your hands," and the audience responded by saying, "Yes, we do." Yeah, which is not great. And like, look, I said earlier uh, that I was lured back into wrestling in 2012, and as a result of that, uh, I was. That's like tail end of the of the first brand split. That's like dying days of the brand is split. Is that right? I'm yeah,
2: sure. I think that's about right. I'm pretty sure.
1: And as a result of that, uh, I was. I, look, I was busy on Mondays usually. This is when I was living in Los Angeles, mm. and I was going to get com- to this guy. I was going to comedy shows almost every single Monday, but I was a complete fucking loser in that I lived <laughs> in a city full of strangers that I didn't know. I didn't have a ton of friends when I was down there. But now look at uh, me. Um, I still don't have a ton of friends. You have but tons of friends. The ones I do are pretty good. Yeah. You got uh, it. And so on Friday nights, this was Friday night SmackDown. Oh, and and so on Fridays, I would just like drink a two dollar bottle of wine by myself and watch wrestling, uh, and as a result, like I mentioned, that this is like the prime era of Super Seamus, which is fucking brutally bad. Yeah. But but there were a couple of key standouts on that SmackDown uh, card every week. Who were they? And they were Randy Orton and Dolph Ziggler. Oh my and I know God. you hate both of them. Oh my gosh. Because these are the two. Hang on, hang on. I need to be clear. I don't hate Randy Orton. You just don't think I he's, think he's great. just like. Maybe five we'll debate out of 10. this on yeah. a, another episode. But I do hate Dolph Ziggler. Uh, because these are the two guys. That, like, I've said before that, like, Punk and Bryan made me super fan. Yeah, of uh, Made course. me a super fan again. That is true. But the only reason that I was there to see Punk and Bryan is because I watched SmackDown and I liked Randy Orton and Dolph Ziggler. Wow. I, okay. I was taken in by... And that is peak Ziggler also.
2: Yeah. De- oh, definitely.
1: um and And, you know... I remember being so pissed when Randy got suspended for smoking weed (laughs) because he did something that made me like him even more. And they they removed him from television for it. Uh, But, like, because of that, I always have this affinity for Dolph. And, uh, like... I I can't explain it
2: and I can't get rid of it, even though it pains me to Party, see what yeah. he is now. Wrestling does that. Like I recognize Dean Ambrose is not great right now. Well, actually, when the tag he is, but this past year since he lost the title hasn't been great. But he's been my guy for so long that I still feel invested. So I, I relate. Yeah. Um. So how do we fix Dolph? This is okay. Justin, listen. You're a lot of things: podcaster, broadcaster, friend, son, ladies' man. But you are also a great wrestling mind. So will you tell the people and convince me? that we can fix Dolph Ziggler? I think we
1: can. Go ahead. And I, and I think, you know, we've talked a lot over the last couple months about the dissolution of numerous tag teams uh, over the last several months. Yeah. And uh, particularly on SmackDown, where the tag scene is really very top-heavy, and, <laughs> and towards teams. the bottom, yeah. there's there's not hardly much at all. No. Uh, and that's a problem for the show. And not to say that, you know the only role for a guy who is a, a very good singles wrestler and creative just has nothing for him is to put him with another guy like that and form a tag team. But I personally think that the best Dolph Ziggler ever is when he had AJ Lee and Biggie Langston. Yeah. When yeah, he, yeah. when he was like the lead of a like mini stable
2: faction. and yeah.
1: and it's not necessarily that like Biggie and Dolph were a tag team necessarily, but they were a crew. Right. Like Dolph uh, you know, Big E was like his bodyguard,
2: kind of. I that want to was say. effectively what it was. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and now I don't know that this pairing that I'm about to propose is necessarily going to be a bodyguard manager sort of uh, tandem for for Dolph at this point in his career, but there's two other people I can think of on SmackDown that Creative has nothing for. Hit me, baby, one more time. Mike and Maria Kanellis. They have literally nothing, and they are both very talented, and they honestly, like, this heart thing, like, you know, their love Hmm. gimmick, like, Dolph has basically been a knockoff of Shawn Michaels. (laughs) Why don't you just slap some hearts on your tights and go all (gasps) the way with it? and join forces with Mike Kanellis as a tag team and Maria is your manager. I think this would be really really good and Mike can wrestle. He's really good. Like he's not great but he's he, all right. But, like if you put him in a tag team with Dolph Ziggler yeah. and you put those guys against like the Usos, that's two heel teams, but I get the New Day, yeah. you can't tell me that that team doesn't immediately have more legitimacy than the Ascension.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm going to respond to what you said. Okay. I really, and somehow not consider it, I'm really into the idea of putting Dolph Ziggler in a tag team. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of legs there. Like you say, if his ability is selling, he can give to a hot tag somebody. There's Absolutely. a lot. There's a lot there. I don't love the pairing of Mike and Maria Kanellis unless they give them a little bit of a rebrand because I just feel like he'd be third wheeling.
1: No, it, it's, um, it would definitely, you're changing the gimmick of all three of
2: them. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think the idea of putting him in a faction again or a tag team is actually a great idea, Justin. I think that is full marks. I really like it. I, Top marks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and it solves the problem of me hating his promos because Maria can promo for them. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad, man. I, 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 would say that I would definitely give that a shake. But I think for myself, and I, I don't think I'm alone in this. That Dolph has just been reintroduced or repackaged, or this is the run so many times. But like,
1: look, they've tried to pair Mike canellis with like Aiden English. <laughs> that that's a that makes no sense. Sorry, can you pause for a second? Yeah
0: wWe <laughs> uh
1: like to <laughs> me like Mike and Dolph together like something about their looks even just complement each other yeah man
2: I I, and they're both got like a arrogance, I, I don't think it's a bad pairing. I think that if we thought about it more, there might be something a little stronger, but the idea of it, I'm very into. Well, I think do it's you good. have an
1: idea to save Dolph Ziggler, or do you think he's irredeemable? No,
2: I think that he would probably be super over if he went to the indies. I really do. I think that if they cut him and they let him go main event every small show on earth and put over, do like what Cody Rhodes is doing, Yeah, I really think he could come back as like a desired hot ticket.
1: Yeah, and I actually think that he could do what Cody's doing better than Cody, because he's a yeah. better ring worker yeah. than Cody.
2: Yeah. I, I, here, you're not going to like that. You're not going to think that I agree with you, but I actually fully agree with that. But that's more because I think Cody Rhodes is what? But the. That's uh, a discussion for another day. I think we had it last week. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe we did. <laughs> uh, but I think that could be a way to rehab him. I think. Every solution for me, I'm talking about myself getting back into Dolph, yeah. involves him going away for a while. Like, And I mean a while. I don't mean two months. I mean he has to go like away. Like go
1: work the indies for a year and a half.
2: Something where I – and then maybe I catch you on a CZW card or an ROH pay-per-view. Having like, a great
1: match with somebody
2: Bingo. out uh, there. Give me Matt Tremont versus Dolph Ziggler. I will sign the fuck up for that. But in terms of within the WWE sphere, it's hard for me to imagine – even tolerating Dolph, I'm just, I'm so past the point of expiration with him.
1: I just, you know, not to say that like what Seamus
2: and Cesaro got is the answer for everyone. Yeah. But it did fix them. It really did. I didn't. Seamus is one of my favorite dudes to watch right now. I, that Seamus Roman feud. I, I hate it. I couldn't stand Seamus. So you're right. We have five seconds.
1: Yeah. And we'll just end it by repeating the fact that once again, I am correct in my analysis. Give it to me.
2: (laughs) I opted to just sing. What did you think? Well,
1: you said I was right. I feel like those moments are uh, few and far between. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, may as well. It is hard
2: being me love. with all the good opinions. Yeah. And then uh, it just. Mo-
1: it's more. You know what? I feel like we agree on the show quite a bit. Yeah. And then when we're like chatting with each other. Uh, on Facebook Messenger, it's it gets pretty heated. Yeah, sometimes. I think
2: I think uh, we we had one pretty hostile a couple of weeks ago where you called me some unforgivable things. What did I say? Uh, uh, Yahoo! I can't repeat it on the show. No, oh, okay. We, this is a kids' program. <laughs> uh, Josh, you want to get into some listener question? <laughs> I called somebody. I said, <laughs> I, I said you were eating Chinese food on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's <laughs> that was. I mean, I think I think we probably should just not talk about that. Uh, you want to get into uh, some listener questions? I here, sure Justin? do. This one comes
1: to us from Tara Warren. She quoted our last episode and said, "Sounds great." Let me click through to her profile. Oh, she. says, "Hello, I'm looking for a webcam sex. Come really? to me. Check Tiny Earl." Oh, she's clearly a real person. Wow. <laughs> Wait, is she being
2: serious? <laughs> Whoa. This next question comes Whoa. to us. that's a great
1: question. From voice to last, at Michael J. Foist. Hi, Michael. He asks, what is your favorite tag team name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. I feel like just me having been checked out of wrestling for quite a long time, I have like a decade, dark period. Okay. Uh, Kind of limits my ability to answer this because there's literally 10 years of tag <laughs> teams that I don't even know about. Do you have an answer? Uh, I'll go for a classic and I feel like it's cheating because I'm like probably robbing you of the answer. Cause go it's a clear answer. Oh no. And like, I feel like, I, 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 like I, we ever since this team existed, whenever someone teams up or whenever you can think of some sort of, uh, rhyme scheme that like you just try to force those guys to tag somehow. Can I get Because what you're nothing say? can ever replicate the magic of we'll say it together, the, the rock and sock, sock connection. connection. <laughs> Cause it's it's the best. It's the best tag team name ever. Oh, and also so those good. two guys are two of the best workers of all time. So
2: why would you not love to see them together? Uh, yeah, that's that was my chief answer. I'll, I have another answer in the back pocket because I was debating between two, but yeah, I think the best tag team name ever is the Rock and Salt connection. Uh, otherwise, I was
1: going to go with Crime Time because I love when oh. things are spelled with Y's instead of I's. <laughs> How about something that was actually racist? <laughs> um... <laughs>
2: Yeah, forget about Chinese food on Christmas. <laughs> All right, we got two uh, African-Americans here. Let's make them criminals. gang <laughs> like, banging criminals. Yeah. Uh, my answer is, I don't think they're ever PWG champs, but they challenged the Young Bucks for it, and that's uh, the team of Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae, the world's cutest tag team. It's a wonderful. It's a great name. Uh, they had really... I, I'm not that familiar with their run. I'm not going to pretend otherwise, but there were two matches of theirs that I love. They have a great... I just mentioned it, the match with the Young Bucks, which is tremendous. And then they had a three-way match against... Um, I forget what, what what Rich Swan and Ricochet's tag team was called, but it was Rich Swan and Ricochet, and then uh, Frankie Kazarian and Chris Daniels, the addiction, and the world's greatest tag team in a three way tag match, which was just bananas. I think we should watch that after the show. Uh, and also, yeah, it, I believe it took place on my birthday a couple of years ago. Michael
1: J. Foyce said he had an answer as well, and he said, Miracle violence connection. Also I mean, excellent. I don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. Who that is.
2: Well, listen, let's.
1: I'm assuming Mike Bennett is the miracle part. You're not kidding.
2: Am I? <laughs> <laughs> on to the next uh, you gonna ask me or is it my turn
1: uh, it's your turn okay
2: this one comes to us from a good buddy uh, Mike Noble at Bike Melon on Twitter and he says in light of Orton and Nakamura putting on a barn burner what are some other displays of unexpected chemistry that stand out for you so this is two guys that you might not think would have a great match that, that sort of over delivered I think there was a good example of this recently yeah Yeah. Dean Sheamus on Raw Um, yeah, actually, two weeks ago. Yeah.
1: That was a fucking great match. That was,
2: I thought, like, one of the best television matches in Mm -hmm. ages. And the crowd in Memphis just sat on their hands for the entire time because Dolph Ziggler...
1: Was once again correct, Josh. Oh, no. Those people don't care about what goes on <laughs> rope to rope. They don't well. care about the in-ring. Otherwise, they would have gone wild when, you know. The cactus the elbow cactus, Dean hit. Yeah, the cactus, cactus clothes clothesline line. Yeah. that Dean knocked Sheamus out of the ring with. Yep. That should have gotten a standing ovation. Well, you know what it got? Crickets. Dick. Literally nothing. Just dick.
0: Nothing. Well, you
2: were here with me. How furious was I? Yeah. He hits the cactus clothesline, and it couldn't have been quieter.
1: Yeah, the whole match got no response, and neither did the Cesaro-Rollins match, which I thought was also, also dynamite,
2: yeah. There was like 40 minutes of great tag team. But, wrestling. you know, Cesaro
1: and Rollins, that's not a surprise that those guys would have chemistry. Certainly not, yeah. Um... I hate to go with a, a kind of terrible answer. That's I think,
2: okay,
1: because uh, the, they didn't really have great chemistry, but certainly surprising. Okay. overall, we've talked about this for months. Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal. Oh, but yeah. There's yeah. no reason for Jinder to be that good in those yeah. matches. Yeah. And granted, he did <laughs> flob like he completely botched his own finisher. <laughs> not
2: the best in yeah. the
1: in during the finish. If you're of, not Dana Brooke you of SummerSlam, or Enzo did it too, and the colossus is not that hard of a move to hit. It doesn't seem. Yeah, I think I could probably I could probably do it super um, easily. But I could probably know, do it. But overall, like exactly they had thing. three pay per view matches in a row that were all like pretty good. Yeah, all pretty good. That's a good answer. And and like Jinder previously had terrible matches with AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Yeah, how So weird for is him that? to have three, you know, I'll, I'll call them good. Yeah, not solid, great, good, but very yeah, solid, yeah. entertaining matches uh, with Randy Orton. I was very surprised by. It. I feel like there's like. Probably a better answer buried somewhere in the past. Yeah, um, I,
2: I have one that goes a little further back. Okay. I don't feel like I have like a real home run answer for this, unfortunately. But I love the question. Uh, the one that came to mind for me was uh, Seth Rollins and Kane.
1: Oh yes,
2: because Kane hadn't had a match I cared about, even his Brian matches when Brian first had come back. Those weren't great. I thought even even though it's disappointing that it
1: ultimately is Brian's only title defense. That the, mm. that the Brian, uh Kane match at Extreme Rules where he yeah. comes out with the forklift and does the yep. diving headbutt off the top of a pallet so cool. was actually a very incredible it's match. It's much better than
2: the SmackDown match they had uh, two weeks prior to that. Yeah. But for for me, yeah, that Seth and Kane match, I liked that whole feud with him flipping between corporate and demon and turning face. I liked that. And I, I thought the match was really good. See, I
1: like... Portions of that feud because okay. uh, yes the flip back and forth between uh, you know corporate and Demon Kane it was fun it was a very enjoyable dynamic for for Kane to be just so agreeable and a <laughs> nice guy to Seth when he's in the suit and then be like stalking him as a monster yeah that's a that's a good dynamic but I also feel like there were so many moments. In that feud, like Raw going off the air with Kane breaking out of the bottom of the ring and dragging Seth down to hell, like where, what, 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 where do you go from that? Why is Seth? Did, what did he just wow. get out of the hole after the show and off the air? Well, did, no, he, did he? does he stay in hell forever? I, There's, to you me, just weren't reading between the no, lines. No, to me, that feud exemplifies what sometimes is a problem with WWE, where they are scripting video montages to play before the match more so than an actual engaging storyline to carry over mm. from week to week. Because the video package that played before that Seth Kane match was spectacular because okay. they had built all of these little moments over the four weeks prior to make it that way. But yes. the actual television, if you watched it, does not really make sense.
2: Certainly, certainly not. That's yeah. when it That's-
1: like gelled for me that, like, Oh, they are
2: crafting moments Video to packages. put in a
1: montage uh, more than they're actually writing a story
2: that makes sense. Yes. Um, so I that, think that's very fair. Yeah. I, I was I was just surprised at how much I enjoyed that entire feud, given that I'm not that into either guy. Sure. Just our next cu- <laughs> customer question comes to us from Caitlin H. That's Chris Eyed on Twitter, and uh, she's Wonderful asks, wrestling fan. Yeah, great wrestling fan. Great wrestling Twitter. Great person. Yes. Uh, says, all of those things. All of those things. Caitlin asks. Tell us what can be done to fix GFW Impact Anthem, the Owl Fed, whatever they're called now. Do, do you let it die? Make it another Gold Ponzi scream? Sell it to Vince, and then she says forever the revival because she knows how much I love the revival. revival. So that, that That's makes That's FTR. Justin, you're the ladies man. Why, why don't you why don't you answer this question first?
1: Uh, I don't want to see TNA die. I think that is a waste. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because th- there should be a rival company out there in North America. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe it's Ring of Honor ultimately. Maybe Ring of Honor buys TNA.
2: Who do you think is the number two promotion right now? Ring of Honor or TNA? It
1: probably is Ring of Honor already Anyway, kinda... I feel like their pay-per-views get way more hype than yeah. anything. I mean, granted, TNA does, like, what? I mean, the fact that they're not even called TNA anymore and we're still calling <laughs> them that, I think, is indicative of the fact it, that what it, is it is Ring of Honor. GFW Impact? It is GFW Impact. Wow, what a name. But it might get rebranded again because... The the Sports Illustrated article that came out today was very interesting. If you haven't read it, I strongly recommend that you do because there are some hilarious details in there, including the fact that the (laughs) Impact-GFW merger has not actually happened yet and looks like it probably never will happen because Ed Nordholm and Jeff Jarrett hate each other (laughs) to such an extent that Jeff Jarrett's current leave of absence from TNA television... Or or GFW Television, I should say, is entirely because Nordholm told him to get the fuck out of here. That's uh, so they have completely rebranded themselves with a brand that they do not own and are likely to have an immediate falling out with. Yeah. So what are you doing? Also, Anthem uh, apparently had to gut the Fight Network to even be able to afford to purchase well, and yeah, run Fight Impact Network. The doesn't plays. do
2: any original content now. It's all tape or all uh, showing.
1: Um, but. What? A, uh, how? W- to me, that's the skeleton crew in the first place. Does anyone even work at the Fight Network other than John <laughs> Pollock, waiting and Brayden Harrington? Those are like their three employees, right? Like they, Braden just lives in the control room eternally.
2: The, who's the giant baby?
1: Ah, uh, that would be John Pollock. Ah, yeah, yeah, got the um, giant baby. Yeah, but and then. I mean, clearly they are investing money into some things because, like, Smash Wrestling in Toronto now has a show on the Fight Network.
2: Yeah, actually, I don't know if this is interesting at all, but Brock and I just updated our cable and we have the Fight Network now. Sweet. So I might start tuning into Smash.
1: Sweet. Um, because <laughs> I need to watch more wrestling. But, but what a naive decision to, to get cold feet now because Impact is losing money. Obviously, impact is losing money. How do you get into this industry and buy this company with the understanding that you are not going to be seeing potentially heavy losses for at least like two years? Yeah. It's going to take time to turn this thing around and more than anything, rebuild your reputation because people have exited your viewership like crazy. Because it has not been good. And honestly, Ed Nordholm, if you're listening to this like Titus O'Neil does, dragging out this fight with the Hardy Boys is not helping you. Let it go. Let them have it. Get them. Like, the reason that they even have an argument is because they paid to produce their own segments, which was like... Against their contracts. Their contracts were broken multiple times. Matt Hardy was not the only thing that was broken. Also, the contractual agreements were. So you don't have a leg to stand on. Let it go. And also, being a company where talent can go and foster their own creative ideas and bring their own shit to the table which is diametrically opposed to WWE where everything is tightly controlled gives you an advantage. It makes you a desirable place to work and as an audience member, a desirable product to watch. So just fucking let it go, you idiot! Let them have it!
2: Yeah, fuck you, Ed. Yeah, so how I would fix TNA... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Justin, you're shot out of a cannon No, like it literally makes me so mad That they don't realize That they don't realize that the longer they drag this out I don't know what they think they're going to gain from this Nothing Is anybody going to do the Matt Hardy gimmick other than Matt
2: Hardy? No No, you're you're, you're right that what they need right now is some fan goodwill And also like the, the
1: legal precedent Is against them as well Because when Scott Hall went to WCW He was Scott Hall But he was still Razor Ramon he just went by a different name. You cannot... Like, there's, no, there's nothing that says they are in the right here. And the longer they drag it out and be petulant children about it, the worse they look. They are hurting their own reputation, needlessly.
2: This is a battle that you do not
1: need to have. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm, I'm fucking furious, clearly. Uh, but, you know, just let that go. Foster creativity mm-hmm. like you did okay. with the Hardy Boys. Okay. Let, let what the Hardys did and were able to take somewhere else... Not be a loss to you, but a, a an advantage. Look at what these guys did. This should be a good place to work because you can do whatever you want, and if it strikes it huge, we benefit, and you also benefit by getting to leave to go to somewhere more profitable that can actually pay you. Is Ed
2: or- Norholm your Dolph Ziggler? Maybe. <laughs> Justin, don't worry. Listen, I-, I got this, okay? Don't don't you worry. And how do you get into this not expecting to lose money? What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> All right, Justin, listen. For for the sake of clarity, Ed, <laughs> I got to get this thing under control. I love when you shut up here. But listen, back in the day, you know this. I did a couple hours of business university, okay? So I think think I'm going to speak with some expertise. Sure. I've got the solution. Don't you worry. They come to Papa Josh for the answers, yes? I often do. That's why our lives suck. (laughs) (laughs) What you do... You go back to the Billy Corgan well. So, hear me out. Billy Corgan just purchased the NWA or whatever's left of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, there's a tape library that doesn't include Mid South or Midwest, I believe, it's... but the others. And he gets the NWA Central belt. The
1: number one word to describe everything that Anthem has done is naivety. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? There's still no, like, even, even, re- <laughs> even renaming yourself GFW when you haven't actually merged with that company. What? Like, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. So uh, that take then it I, and run. All right, but you know who's not naive? Ooh. Billy Corgan. That guy knows what he's doing and actually wanted
2: to own this company. Dude, he wrote like three of the best albums of all time. Yeah. So, which means he's good at wrestling. You have <laughs> him with the NWA. So, if I am and uh, have a majority ownership stake in TNA, I am selling my tape library to the WWE so they can make Samoa something. Yeah, they can make Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Kurt Angle DVDs in full completion. I think there's some value there. So you abandon your tape library. WWE gets to put it on the network. You now dissolve TNA Impact, whatever the hell but it's But also, called. putting TNA's tape library on the network also helps Impact. Sure. yeah, Because but, it gives them eyeballs that they don't have. hundred percent. And you get that Samoa Joe Chris Daniels uh, AJ house. I'm sorry that I'm so mad. Dude, no, I'm very intrad- into it. Uh, so now you sell your tape library to WWE. I don't even and watch and this you company. Sell- Why am I even mad? <laughs> 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 then you go... To uh, you go over to Billy Corgan, you say, Billy, we have a talent roster here, and we want you to buy our talent roster, and you're going to revive the good name of the NWA, which still holds some cachet with old school wrestling absolutely. Fans. And you're going to have our talent pool. We're going to start from the ground up. It's no not longer just TNA. old
1: school fans. Like that name means something to people who never watched it. Even. Absolutely, the generation above us, the NWA carries a lot. So all you do, but even our generation. The, sure. the name NWA still means something means to you. a lot more than TNA. Because Ric Flair means something to Dusty you. Dusty Rhodes. And
2: if they mean something to you, then the NWA does as well. So here's my big idea. All you have to do is you take that TNA roster and you somehow get your hands on Cody Rhodes. You get that NWA belt, the belt his father made famous, onto Cody Rhodes, who you know I don't even like. But you put the NWA belt on Cody Rhodes. You have him feud with EC3. You have Cody go over and you let Cody defend that NWA belt at other promotions while running your NWA television. And you get the Pop TV deal with Yeah, and you have him
1: somehow narrowly escape with it everywhere, all over the continent, working indie after indie as the NWA champion, the American Nightmare.
2: I think I've got it.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great, and yeah. I liked yeah. your idea, too, where, like,
2: Ed Normholm gets, like, crucified. Look, we worked, out, we
1: worked out the details of your idea together <laughs> before the show. That's definitely true. I just got fired up in the moment and couldn't, like, I literally was seeing red there. I love it.
2: Yeah. You want to give us our last question here this week?
1: <laughs> no, you can do it. All right.
2: This one comes to us from not a surf and turf, the man himself, Blair But Whoa, wait, wait. Don't. I got. Okay. So, Blair Pacheco, mm-hmm. great Twitter follow. Mm-hmm. Uh he got a picture with Chris Jericho taken. He did. This guy is fucking jacked. Yeah. I'm not I Blair I'm not going to say your name in a high pitch. I don't need you flying from Winnipeg to Vancouver to kick my ass. I am Object Blair Pacheco. Whatever you want to be no, called. No, let's say it like Braun would say it. Blair Pacheco! <laughs> and Blair asks Team Rams versus Teams Team Reigns versus Team Cena Survivor Series. 5v5 Who's on the teams? And I think we should do this question together. I both think about so, Because doing 10 guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Team Roman
1: is the easiest to draw. Very easy.
2: I suspect we're on the same page here. Yeah. You do the
1: Shield. Yeah, you get Seth and Dean. Now, yep. we talked a little bit before the show about maybe splitting them and having one on one team, one on the other. It doesn't really make sense because they are the tag team champions. <laughs> yeah, no, I And they probably still will be the tag champs heading into Survivor it's Series.
2: It's kind of a cool idea, but with them all being babyface, it doesn't make the most sense either.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you reunite the Shield. Yeah. And then... You know, Roman's obvious backup is... The Usos. Yeah, yeah. You know, you let them out of the penitentiary and let them join his team. And that's
2: a kick-ass in-ring it team, by the way. actually is it's a, a wonderful team. with the Usos, that is a bomb-ass team. But I think we can have some fun with Team Cena. Yes. Now, okay. of course, you have three
1: singles stars on Team Roman with Roman, Seth, and Dean. Yeah. So we need some star power. Some We're going to star some power. Some real wattage to back up Cena as well. And I think, you know, we talked earlier about the, the key line of that killer promo being, I'm still here because you can't do your job. That is certainly true on Monday Night Raw. However, there is one man who is doing the job on SmackDown to such an extent that Cena could leave and film TV shows and movies as much as he wanted and it didn't really matter because the face that runs the place on the blue brand is
2: AJ Styles. Yeah, this was uh, an utter no-brainer to us before the show when we saw this question. It was you definitely get him to go over, he shakes hands with AJ, says you're the face that runs the place over there, I respect you. I've had one of my best trilogies. We've shared blood tears, sweat together. We've been in the trenches. Give
1: me a hand. Yeah.
2: I want to be in the foxhole with
1: you. And of course, AJ's a babyface now yep. after that feud, so it makes sense for him to have... And the, lens the, some star like, if star power. If he has mutual respect for Shane McMahon, why would he not have respect for John Cena? Plus,
2: you can have that moment in the ring of the semi-dream match of AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. You can tease that in there. Hell yeah. there's There's a lot you can go with by having... I think AJ absolutely has to be on John Cena's team. Beyond that... I think there's some fun discussions to be.
1: Yeah, had. we get to kind of uh, maybe do what the... U.S. Open Challenge was sort of enti- meant yeah. to do. Cena sort of to picking
2: guys that he thinks need some exposure yeah. and are good. and I think Young no stars
1: one... that can really have a bright future that Cena sees a lot in. There's blue chippers.
2: And I think there's nobody better for that exact spot than Chad Gable. That was my exact choice as well. Beautiful. In fact,
1: you stole it right out of my mouth because I said it before we recorded.
2: I mean, you stole my AJ Styles That's one, true. so I'm just getting back at you. That's
1: true. And so. honestly, I think Chad Gable is an excellent singles wrestler. Oh As, man, as much yeah. as I'm kind of Enjoying the Shelton Benjamin thing, uh, the the singles push should already be on for him. He's, oh, for sure. Those matches yeah, yeah, yeah. he was having with Rusev were so good. Yep. Uh, and I think like Cena kind of giving him the rub just by picking him, not mm-hmm. necessarily having a match with him like he did with uh, Jason Jordan this week, is still a big deal. Yep. Uh, and I think. Chad would also be a very impressive ring worker oh. in that match for sure.
2: G- give me Chad Gable versus any of those guys on the other Chad side. Chad Gable versus
1: Roman Reigns would be incredible. Give me a hell
2: yeah. Uh, Justin, you want to do your next pick? Because I have one right after.
1: Mm, yeah, well, if we're picking plucky underdogs yeah. from the underground. Ah, yes! Then it only makes sense. Let's like, go. This is going to be a full babyface team. Because yeah. like Cena's not picking heels. Mm-hmm. Actually, he is. Oh. oh, okay. He talked this week about somebody who really... Scraped and clawed for every single thing that they've earned over the last 15 years. And he was bang on correct in that assessment. Somebody that he despises, but ultimately has to respect. And if we are talking about him coming out of a feud with AJ Styles with some mutual respect, then maybe... He would be so bold as to request the intercontinental champion, Mike the Miz Mizanin or Mizanin Mizanzin? rather, Mizanin? Mizanin. Mizanin. The Miz, yeah, the Miz. I know that to guy. be on his team as well. Just, I love that pick because like, I, I, the force, the tension. Because you need, you need some tension within the it's team. True. There needs to be some turmoil in the build up to this.
2: Like when Ryback, like both teams are going for him. I'm not sure who's going to be. Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, and yeah, the Miz, the Miz being forced. to... And not forced, but like willingly choosing mm-hmm. to team with uh, because and you know why he it's does it. You know why he does him. it. What? Because Dean is on the other team ah! and he hates Dean more than he hates uh, Cena.
2: For me, I also what I you know really enjoy about this, like you say, there's the the tautness between them. There's but you also the Miz ultimately and Cena in kayfabe can say the guy finds a way to win. He's a winner. Mm-hmm. You you can't paint it any other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I like Cena to do for, I guess, the fifth and final our, pick. Our and I'm final sorry, pick And yeah. I'm sorry, Sami Zayn. But, uh, he John's... can be the team mascot like James uh, Ellsworth. Uh, that's right. Uh, and I don't have a specific person for this. And maybe you can help me fill this in because it's an idea I'm formulating. But I like Cena going to the cruiserweight division and taking a baby face and saying, you know what, kid? I'm... I've seen you do some amazing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Fella. Fella. <laughs> picking a baby face out of the
1: cruiserweight division you think I'm going to have trouble (laughs) you don't know who I'm going
2: to pick buddy do you listen to anything that I say go ahead grand metal league you realize this was just a setup for you to get to say grand metal league (laughs) I think that Cena that would lend some real legitimacy to the cruiserweight division that he goes listen they have a lot of Roman Reigns that's a big dude. I don't want to compete there but we're gonna beat him on agility, on nimbleness, some high flying. You can do things honestly, they can't. And honestly, Grand do.
1: Metalik would be incredible in that match. Dude, also, let
2: Grand Metalik fly with the USOs. Like yeah. you don't let him see... pin someone. Hell yeah! So I think that lends legitimacy to the cruiserweight division and whatever cruiserweight it specifically is. Getting the rub from John Cena, he picks them for the team, makes the whole cruiserweight division elevated. I think it's a no-brainer.
1: Uh, I will be thoroughly disappointed if we get
2: anything other than this. I love our team. This was, I think we did a good job yeah, here. I think Blair, we did excellent. We survived Blair kicking our ass <laughs> with a good answer, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he, he just tweeted at me. He said, oh, you just survived, nerd. Holy shit. This is our longest show
1: ever. Let's get out of here. How long is it? It's about an hour 35.
2: Oh, my God. No, I don't want to listen to us for that long. Be hot, be spicy, taste great because you're curry mad. He said it, folks. What else is there? Oh, wait. I didn't beg people to subscribe. Yeah.
1: share. Tell people that you like the show. Rate and review it on yeah. iTunes. Yeah. And if you listen every week and you like it, look, I said off the hop, I could have lied. Yeah. I could have said we have more listeners than we do. We don't. I could have said we have 2,500 listeners well, who we tune do. in every yeah, single yeah, week. Yeah, we do. But we 25. don't. We have 75. No, we have about 2,000. About 80. Maybe 100. It varies week to week. Yeah. Sometimes but, it's in the 2,000s. Yeah, sometimes it's fourteen. Million.
2: Yeah, the, I think that's the entire population yeah. of Earth. Sometimes,
1: as many people who voted for Hillary Clinton listen to our podcast. <laughs>
2: but, if this, guys, it means so much to us when we see those listener numbers go up. If you like this, give us a retweet. Tell your friends. Yeah.
1: If you, if I you, beg you. If you are so bold as to tweet about wrestling publicly, then you can also tell the folks that this is the, the wrestling podcast to listen to. Because, yeah. look, it's been an hour and 35 minutes, and hasn't it been great? I think so. I don't know if I it's... screamed at Ed Nordholm. He
2: listens. He's yeah, that was so long. That was twenty minutes. Yeah. I don't know if it was great, but you know what it was? It it was definitely hot, and and like with that heat comes like a spiciness as well. I think it was very spicy. It was spicy, and that means it it tasted great because it's, it's curry man.
3: What what what? Yup.
0: Titus World World Wide. Wide. (laughs) Titus World Wide.